0: Welcome to the Foundation. Good to have Sarah back with us. I know you tried another class and it just wasn't for you, and so you're back home. The prodigal returned. <laughs> we welcome you with open arms. <clears throat> just kidding. There's. You, I don't think you can make a bad choice here uh, Uh, I did want to make mention that uh, Brother Pat is going to teach next week. <clears throat> I've asked Pat to do a, a talk about the man Jeremiah a little bit. You know, we're studying the book of Jeremiah, <clears throat> and I just thought it'd be appropriate for Pat to do kind of a character study on Jeremiah himself, as well as uh, you know, kind of what a prophet is and who the prophets were. So Pat will be teaching here in this class next Sunday. Uh, Jim's handing out the handouts uh, we're trying to do one chapter of Jeremiah per week so i hope hope that's working with everybody uh, I think we could probably you know take longer on each chapter but you know we we want to get through it in somewhat of a timely manner and so if you do have questions we do skip over something you wanted to ask about <clears throat> please do that we're trying to make application <clears throat> you know that this uh, I told you we kind of talk about it every week but um, in Jeremiah uh, God's prophets uh, well, I shouldn't say God's prophets, but the prophets of Israel, many of them were false prophets. And I, I'm reading through Jeremiah right now, and uh, <clears throat> I, read, I read this morning where the prophets were committing adultery. So th- this is like the leadership of the nation, there's adultery going on with the leadership. It talks about the priests, the priests who were to be making intercession, the priests who were to be making sacrifices. The priests were, uh, you know, defiled, they were corrupt. And even uh, the thing I read this morning too—that the pastors, the pastors were scattering the sheep instead of feeding the sheep. So the prophets, the priests, and the pastors—if you think of those P words—the prophets, priests, and pastors—all the Israel's leadership, even the even the king was uh, corrupt. And and what I am—I'm uh, going to grab Jim's pointer here. <clears throat> I don't know if you can uh, see on the screen. I made it about as big as I could. But um, I'll raise it up a little bit. If you see the top line on the screen, you'll see uh, Jeremiah was contemporary with Zephaniah. We have a book in our Bible uh, after Zephaniah. And the they were prophets. They were contemporary with Josiah. And uh, this Jehoaz I believe he is the son of Josiah and he's also called Shalom and uh, the, so as we read Jeremiah 7 uh, sh- this Shalom is the king at the time that Jeremiah is prophesying right here in Jeremiah 7 and so the, these guys had, had their problems and And, um, you know, it's really a state of confusion because these false prophets who are supposed to be the leaders, Jeremiah is kind of in contention with the false prophets. And so you can imagine being God's people at the time and trying to hear his words. You're hearing false prophecies, you know, we need to stay and stay in Jerusalem and fight the enemy. And Jeremiah is saying, no, we need to go ahead and go into captivity because it's too late. And uh, so the people are kind of getting mixed messages and they really have to... uh, uh, it, it's really a time of confusion for the common man and is that not like you know twenty-first century America? That it is a little bit confusing. I <clears throat> I can listen to CNN and hear their spin on the same thing that Fox is talking about, and they're they're talking about the same situation and they both got a spin on it. Yeah. And uh, probably the truth is in the middle somewhere. They're probably both not quite right. So it is, it is a confusing time, uh, even in in churches. There's a lot of uh, different doctrines. There's winds of do- and it's easy as God's children to be tossed to and fro. And so we are uh, we're anchored in the Word of God. We're in the Church of God. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, we need to be prayerful. Jim had these seven or eight announcements And and they're all important. Uh, There's people joining our church this morning. There's uh, Baptism took place last week, and there's at least two, maybe three more on the Easter. And so there's a synergy here, and so I I want you to be part of it. So if you have questions, uh, uh, even even the work day, you know, God gave us a perfect day. I I sent Brian an email just of what got done, and I, I failed to mention, you know, the key player in all this was the lord because nobody got hurt we had about 10 people from church and uh six or eight from the drug court we had at least 20 people working around here doing different things yesterday and it's just a blessing uh you know the, the church, the building is just kind of the, the skin. I mean, the people are the are the church. People are the church, and and yet as visitors come, we we want the property to be presentable. And you know the property is uh, 15 years old almost. Our building, uh, it was finished in '07, <clears throat> and yeah, and so uh, you know there's just a lot of upkeep. So anyway, thanks thanks for everybody that helped with that. Let's. Uh, <clears throat> turn to uh, Jeremiah 7, is <clears throat> where we're at this morning. Hey, Angie, give me one of those, would you? The, no, the uh, other. Yep. Yeah. And somebody read the first two verses, if they would, for us.
1: The word came to Jeremiah stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there, there this word and say, hear the word of the Lord and all ye of Judah that enter in at these gates to worship the
0: Lord. And one more.
1: Thus say the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place.
0: And what I wanted to point out there in verse 3, <clears throat> other prophets use this same phrase, but when you see a, thus saith the Lord, I just think that's a cool statement. God's saying, Jeremiah, I'm sending you, and this is what I want you to say. And so Jeremiah is saying, thus saith the Lord, because God told him to say it. And... Uh, we all kind of need a thus saith the Lord in our life, don't we? Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Like, hey, Jim St- Stovall, thus saith the Lord. No, I mean, we, we need that. I, I need that because otherwise if you just listen to the news, thus saith the news, uh, you could be right and you mightn't be wrong.
1: Would the, uh, the, the most reasonable reaction to things like that with everybody would be rebellion, wouldn't it? with a lot of
0: the people? Well, I, I suppose people are, that are not here this morning might not want to hear that. Uh, yeah, I'd say you're right. But uh, in your handout, I, I mentioned that th- this phrase occurs 32 times in Jeremiah. And uh, we, we, we said that... We said that um, Jeremiah was really, uh, I believe, claiming Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. It says, uh, "Thy words were found, and I did eat them." <clears throat> and thy word was um, uh, well. Is that what? It's, uh, let's let's look at fifteen sixteen. <clears throat> this is kind of all of our memory memory verse. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. If I turn two pages. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. So Jeremiah was called of the Lord, and and his, he thanked the Lord uh, he that he found his words. And his word was unto him the joy and rejoicing of his heart. So that, that's sweet. And then uh, notice in Jeremiah 7 verses 4 through 7 it says trust ye not in lying words and so th- this is what the false prophets were saying the temple of the Lord the temple of the Lord the temple of the Lord are these for if ye thoroughly thoroughly amend your ways and your doings if ye thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor if You oppress the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, and shed not innocent blood in this place. Neither walk after other gods to obey uh, other gods to your hurt. Then will I cause you to dwell in this place in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. So uh, I know Jim's brought this out before. Just it's kind of a. almost a computer code if then you see several you know if you do this and if you amend your ways and if you execute judgment and do all these things and not oppress the stranger then you're to stay in the land but uh, but instead they, they trusted in these lying words but look with me now at, at Genesis 17 I want us all to see this yeah
1: what's this? mean when the word Lord is in all capital letters
0: in your mind I think usually I just that. usually no that's a, that's a good question okay. sometimes it's followed by the word God Lord God but all capitals is a reference to Jehovah the Father And there is a couple times in your Old Testament where it's capital L and then lowercase ORD. And that's usually a reference to Christ.
1: Okay. So all caps.
0: uh, Is Jehovah the Father. Okay. Yeah.
1: Lower letters.
0: And and I can show you at least one instant uh, if you want to go to Psalm 110.
1: Would the Holy Spirit be called Lord too? Okay.
0: I don't think so in the Old Testament. But let's look at Psalm 110, because this is a prophecy of Christ, and I can show you the distinction that, that Rich is making. <clears throat> Everybody look at Psalm 110 and verse 1. In fact, Rich, I'll let you read that, brother. Well, let me get
1: this first. <laughs> yep. Uh, the Lord said unto my Lord... Sit thou at my right hand, and make thine
0: enemies thy footstool. Does everybody? Uh, yeah, you got to see it. Uh, Psalm one ten. It's right in the middle of your Bible. Oh yeah. Does everybody see that? It's the first Lord is cap all caps.
1: And the word the.
0: Well, that's the beginning of a sentence though. So that's why the. is...
1: I ca- now. <laughs>
0: But the Lord said unto my Lord that the second Lord is capital L, then lowercase. Did everybody see the difference in the spelling of Lord? And so that's like Jehovah God said unto my Lord Jesus... Uh, Jesus, you stay at my right hand until I make your enemies my thy footstool. So, yeah. it's a that's cool, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I could read be it better that way. <laughs> then there's some that are all smaller. To, to Jesus,
0: yeah, there is some. Andy's pointing out Genesis that
1: 1812, you were getting ready to take us. 1812, where Ab- or Sarah calls Abraham Lord, and they're all small.
0: Yeah. So Angie's saying that Sarah called Abraham Lord, all lowercase, and that is a, some Old Testament ladies reverenced their husband and called him, and and even uh, you know English Parliament they have Lord so and so lords and ladies and it's a very formal reverence type of thing but they're not calling sarah doesn't call abraham her god she's just reverencing him that he uh is the lord of her her life and her covering and yeah it's a respect thing so good comment angie so yeah there's all three ways of i have angie call me lord in our in our home (laughs) <laughs> whoa, Whoa! <laughs> good, good thing she didn't have a tomato
1: <laughs>
0: so just starting now, you can do that <laughs> well, if you want to be biblical, you, yeah, I' just. <laughs> oh Oh, that's funny all right let's look at genesis 17 now Uh, rich that's a good word brother genesis 17 this is my favorite place to go Uh, most people go to genesis 12 but genesis 17 is verse 8 is like my favorite place to show that the the land the promised land belongs to the Jews. So Genesis seventeen eight. Um Carol, do you have that?
1: Yes. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God.
0: So yeah, this is a great promise. Because when when Abraham was called out of the Ur of the Chaldees, and uh, let's see if I can put that map up there for you. Come on, a map. There you go. <clears throat> so yeah, um, you know a- after. After the flood, uh, a lot of the people uh, gathered around this area and they built the Tower of, of Babel. Most most of us know that. Um, so right here is the word Ur. And I believe Chaldees was in uh, reference... To their language, if I'm not sure. Yeah, the Chaldean was a people group. A people there. group that lived here. Yeah. I don't, here, here's a little teaching point. Uh, we've all heard of anti-Semitism.
1: Yeah, anti-Semitic.
0: What, what does that mean?
1: I mean it's Anti-Jew.
0: But do you know why? Why do they call it anti-Semitic? Why do they call it? Semitic. Um, it, it, it's because. Uh, yeah. Um, it's a reference to the dialect of the descendants of Shem. Uh, he. Uh, no, no. Uh, Abraham uh, is a descendant of Shem. So the Shemites uh, had a, a dialect language of Semitic. And so if you're anti Semitic, you are anti that. Group of descendants of Shem which is the Jew so that's a little bit of a a teaching point but uh, so when he was called out of the Ur of the Chaldees he settled up in Hebron I don't see Hebron in here but then uh, God called him into the promised land which and uh, so after he had he had got in the promised land and he built an altar and he thanked God and then there was a famine in the land and he ended up going down into Egypt for a little while and coming back but God told him that the the land that he walked through is what he would give him and that there's a, a certain, there's a spiritual aspect to this but you know when Moses was met with God at the burning bush he was to take his Shoes off because he was on holy ground, and it was God's ground. So Abraham or Moses, there's something about ownership. I mean, you know, animals are territorial; they'll they'll mark off their territory by walking around it, right? Well, God did that too uh, because He says that that the land that you walk through is the land I'm going to give you. So it it kind of appropriated. And so the the comment I wanted to make there is just that. as we we are to walk in the spirit and as we walk in the spirit we we kind of own that land that we're walking in we're progressing through and walking is a forward progressive you know, uh, continual movement of walking. And so we are to continue to walk in the Spirit so that we don't fulfill the lust of our flesh. And in doing that, we appropriate, we, we become owners of what God taught, teaches us while we're walking through uh, the areas of life that we would to take possession of. And, and so I gave you several references on your handout, but this thing of the promised land... <coughs> Even though when the Jews came up out of Egypt, the Canaanites were there, (coughs) God, because of their wickedness, God uprooted them and gave it to the Jews. So, you can't maybe argue that the Jews once long belong to the descendants of Ishmael and the Hamites or the the Canaanites uh but God gave it to the Jews and it's there it says for an everlasting pro- Excuse me, possession. And so, as Jeremiah is telling them, they're going to get kicked out of the promised land. They're going to have to go back to Babylon, where Abraham come from. Uh, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna restore them and bring them back to the land. Uh, so the word Abraham goes in your blank. The Canaan land was given to Abraham and his seed kind of coming apart up here. Thank you, Tom. And I put in your teaching point there, and this is not my word. It's something I read I thought was good. Egypt was the land of not enough... The wilderness was the land of just enough, but the promised land is the land of more than enough. I I like that statement uh, because we've all spent some time in Egypt and it was not enough. And we've all been in the wilderness, and maybe we got through it and we had enough. But, you know, Jesus came that the thief, the thief cameth forth not, but to still kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life, and life more abundantly. So, we, we can have the abundant life, and we can have more than enough. And so... Uh, <clears throat> Somebody read verse verses uh, 8 through 10 of Jeremiah 7. Let's go back to Jeremiah 7.
1: Behold, you trust in lying words that cannot profit. Will ye steal, murder, and commit adultery, and swear falsely, and burn incense unto Baal, and walk after other gods whom you know not? And verse Shown 10. Shall
0: stand before me in this house? which is called by my name, and say, we are delivered to do all these abominations? Yeah, so the the Jews were so proud that, you know, they had the temple. And God is saying, you know, you're stealing, you're committing adultery, you're murdering people, you're swearing falsely, you're burning incense to Baal, and you're walking after other gods. Then you come before me, and you say, well, we're, we're... we come into your house, the temple. yeah we're delivered from all that and, and they're making real light of it. And so I, I put a reference on your handout another the next blank there all things are lawful for New Testament believers, but all things edify not. And so uh, we're, we're most of us are familiar with lesson 13 of discipleship. It's called Liberty in Christ. And one thing that kind of resonates, because, you know, lesson two is on eternal salvation. It's eternal security. We we know we can't lose our salvation. And so sometimes we go to the other stream where, yeah, we've got liberty in Christ. We can listen to whatever we want. We can look at whatever we want. We can do whatever we want. Uh, But those things don't edify. So, yeah, we're not going to lose our salvation, but we do lose fellowship with the Lord, and we do... And so,
1: uh,
0: yeah, edify goes in your blank. Does anybody know what edify means? To build up, yeah. Build up. yeah. So uh, that's one of the main reasons for the church is to edify the believers, to build them up in our most precious faith. <clears throat> so, uh, so, so the question is, as believers. Can we do whatever we want? No. Yeah, but what do
1: we do? Everything is legal, but not everything is profitable. Yes.
0: So so we can do anything, but why did somebody say no? Consequences. We yes. we not following God's word. So, so, so the way it was taught to me. Uh, I give credit to Royal here. I remember a lot of things. Royal was just good, good for me, and still is. But uh, he he says instead of putting the word "but," you can do every anything you want. But he 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 don't even say "but." He he says you can do anything. However, he uses "however" instead of "but" for the reason you said. You know, because God does chastise His own and so so yeah that these are good comments i think we're all saying the same thing here so yeah we we we're still his children and and i know just uh from a personal point uh i don't think any of you know angie's grandmother she passed away 10 years ago maybe 15 or 20 by now but uh um, about
1: twenty
0: three she 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 was a lady that uh, she would witness to bikers her her grandma that 's the kind of lady she was and uh, she went to a Baptist church in Blue Springs, and we would have annual annual and so I got saved uh, before she passed about five years before she passed and she told me that uh, once personally she told me that her daughter at the time was about 50 years old and and she and granny said that she knew that this girl had gotten saved as a girl in in vacation bible school or as a young person and she got into drugs and men and and at 50 years old she told her mother angie's grandmother that uh I knew God was with me all the time. And that helped Granny to know this thing we call sal- salvation, is you're secure in your salvation. That even though she'd wandered for from the time she was 10 till the time she was 50, uh, the Lord, you know, so the Lord's with you, and He's either a prisoner or a guest, right? You, you, you know... Uh, the Lord can either be a prisoner or a guest in your life, and because he, He's with you wherever you are. So, uh, all things are lawful, but not all things. But all things edify not. Uh, so, God, in verse eleven, it talks about God's house. Jeremiah 7, Is this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, even I have seen it, saith the Lord. And Jesus uses those same words in the New Testament. In fact, turn back to Isaiah 56. This is what the Lord's house was supposed to be. Isaiah 56, just a couple pages to your left. Isaiah 56... Can somebody read verse 7 for us? 56 7? I got it. Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine own. For mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. Right. So the temple was to be a house of prayer. And Jeremiah says it's become a den of robbers. So it's that that's exactly uh, the contrast there.
1: <coughs>
0: and um, then it mentions this in 12 through 15, it mentions Shiloh, and it mentions that as an example. Of destruction, it says in verse twelve. But I, but go ye now unto my place, which was in Shiloh. There I set my name at the first, and see what I did to it for the wickedness of my people. And so I gave you a teaching point uh, <clears throat> under Roman numeral two on your handout. Shiloh was to Israel during the judges. What Jerusalem was to Israel during the kings, and again I got that uh, out of uh, something else. I thought that was kind of profound. And so uh, Shiloh was destroyed back in First Samuel, and uh, it became this word. I'm giving it to you right now. <laughs> And does anybody that that word is in your Bible. do, do you know what it means?
1: The Lord's, the Lord's left. Yeah,
0: yeah the, the glory of the Lord is departed. That that's when the Philistines stole the Ark of the Covenant. And uh it was it was Ichabod, it was kind of a curse, like God has left this place, it's become Ichabod, and uh Jeremiah is telling his audience, Hey, go back to Shiloh. My name was that's where the Tabernacle was. They moved the tabernacle. They was there in the days of even Solomon um, before he built the temple. Uh, <clears throat> because that, that's where I think the Lord spoke to him at Shiloh. And uh, it, it was destroyed, and the ark was taken, and it became Ichabod. When was it taken, where's that in the Bible? I gave it to you there, uh 1 Samuel 4. Thank you. Thank you. It, it's right above there a little bit. <clears throat> So, uh, anyway, in verses 17 and 18, sin was open and rampant in the streets of Jerusalem. Uh, somebody read 17 and 18. I'm going to get a drink of water. See thou not what they do. <clears throat> See thou not what they do in the streets of Judah
1: and in the streets of Jerusalem. The children gather wood and the father, father's kin kindle the fire. And the women knead their dough to make cakes to the queen of heaven and pour out drink offerings unto other gods that they may promote.
0: Now this is an interesting phrase here, this Queen of Heaven. They were making cakes to the Queen of Heaven, and cakes were wafers shaped like the moon. So they were they were round, and the Phoenicians called the moon uh, astroth or astardi. That that's it's actually where we get the word Easter from. Astaroth Ashtar Easter. It's from the Phoenicians. And, uh, see, the, the, uh, the Passover was on the, it was a set date. It was the, the 14th day of the first month on the Jewish calendar. And, uh, Easter moved around because it, 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 uh, followed, you know, like the spring equinox or solstice. Yeah. Solstice. And, uh, That's why Easter is on a different day every year, but on the Jewish calendar, the Passover is always on the 14th of the first day of the month. So even though we kind of celebrate Easter, we're celebrating that uh, Jesus rose from the dead uh, right after the Jewish Passover, the first day of the week. And so uh, th- this is kind of appropriate as we go into this because Easter, Easter, it's kind of a pagan holiday in origin, and these these little cakes that they were worshiping this Queen of Heaven, and they were making idols. They they cut the wood, they kindled fire, they they made the dough. Uh, these little round wafers uh, are essentially the same as uh, like the Catholic uh, host. The the uh the wafer <clears throat> and so uh it's it's really a counterfeit of christ 's broken body. Uh, the unleavened bread that we partake of to symbolize <clears throat> the last supper <clears throat> so so again it, it can be confusing but the Bible makes it clear uh, so these cakes or wafers became the host it's a counterfeit of the Lord's su- supper element and this queen of heaven is a false worship and at the bottom of your first page there this Jeremiah 44 le- we might look there uh, before we Turn the page, Jeremiah forty four seventeen. A, a lot, a lot has been said and written about these things, and the Queen of Heaven was uh, supposed. Ashtaroth was the 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 wife of Baal, or the King of Heaven, Baal or Moloch, and so. Uh, <clears throat> She was the female deity, and of course, Baal and Moloch were the male deity, and they were being worshipped here. And so, in Jeremiah forty-four seventeen through nineteen, but we will certainly—am I the right? Yeah, we will certainly do whatsoever thing goeth forth out of our own mouth to burn incense unto the Queen of Heaven. And to pour out drink offerings unto her, as we have done, we and our fathers, our kings and our princes in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, so it was open. For then had we plenty of victuals, it's like victuals, and were well and saw no evil. "'But since we left off to burn incense to the Queen of Heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto her, we have wanted all things and have been consumed by the sword and by the famine. And when we burned incense to the Queen of Heaven and poured out drink offerings unto her, did we make her cakes to worship her and pour out the drink offerings unto her without our men?' Uh, question mark. Uh, so they were doing that, and they were saying we were prosperous as long as we were doing that. So we need to get back to doing that because we've been. Uh, so anyway, uh, and, and you'll you'll even see this in Catholic literature, and I'm not really trying to bash Catholics, but they call Mary the Queen of Heaven. Have you have you seen that? Oh yeah, yeah they switched. Yeah, Mary's the Queen of Heaven in writing, and the Co-Redeemer mm, and that's a and that's why they pray to her and so anyway, uh, just kind of a little. Yes. That that's kind of the tip of the iceberg but nevertheless it's good while we read through this to think on these things because uh, these things are confusion in our own life right so these are rampants in the streets of Jerusalem and Jeremiah is condemning those things and uh, <clears throat> so we, we, we ought not participate in them either so that's the thing about the queen of heaven the false worship of a female deity and uh so yeah, that's insightful, Pam. Thank you. And it says in verse 19 that God was provoked to anger. So page two of your handout, the backside, uh it says, God's anger and fury will be poured out. <clears throat> in verse 19 of Jeremiah 7, do they provoke uh do they provoke me to anger, saith the Lord? Do they not provoke themselves to the confusion of their false faces? And so God is angry, and he's, uh, uh, what I gave you in your blank there, uh, do you remember when Jesus uh, prayed to the Lord on the night of his betrayal? He says, uh, God, uh, pray that you'll take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And this, he mentioned the word cup, and it, it's a reference to a revelation where God has a cup of wrath. And Jesus doesn't want to drink that cup of wrath, but he says, Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And so God is angry at this uh, false worship because he's done all this for his people and they're uh, rebelling against him. And so he's going to pour out his wrath and take them into captivity. So the word wrath goes in your blank. I said Jesus drank the cup of God's wrath so that we don't have to. And I don't have the reference there, but I believe it's 1 Thessalonians 1 where it says that we are not appointed under wrath. I think it's 1-9, maybe, of 1 Thessalonians 1. Uh, <clears throat> in fact, <clears throat> if someone was to ask you, you know, so Tom, you say you're saved. What are you saved from? And and Romans says that we're saved from the wrath to come. I believe it's Romans 9. So when you say you're saved. Uh, that means you have salvation you that means you 're saved from the wrath to come we don't have to go through the wrath, and the tribulation period is when God pours out his wrath and uh, he, hell is kind of where it 's meted out meted out so yeah so when we're we 're saved we 're saved from his wrath <clears throat> and so uh all right Roman numeral four. We got about 15-20 minutes here. The Old Ta- Testament sacrificial system was broken, verses twenty one through twenty eight, and uh, <clears throat> it talks about uh, offering sacrifices in obedience to the Lord. But uh, let me let me appoint someone um, who hasn't read. Uh, Jim, would you look up the uh, one Samuel fifteen verse? So I, I think all of us can kind of go through the motions of being a Christian and we can smile, and we can say we're doing okay and we can come to church, but God wants our heart. And in First uh, Samuel 15:22 is a reference to making sacrifices to the Lord. And
1: Samuel said, "Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices
0: as in obeying the voice of the Lord." To to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. Yeah, so God would much rather us obey and hearken to Him than He would for us to kill a ram for Him. So to obey is better than sacrifice. So we we need to when we do sacrifice for the Lord, it needs to be with the right heart. It needs to. This is a funny story. Most of you have heard it probably. That there's a story of the mom driving. Uh, she got a, a child in the back seat this is before car seats and uh, she's saying Johnny you need to settle down back there and, and you know quit acting up and and then he gets to where he's standing up and bouncing he's jumping up and down in the back seat you know Johnny you got to sit down and and uh, finally you know I don't know if she somehow she makes him sit down and and so sure enough Johnny sits down in the back seat and she says, thank you, Johnny, for doing that. And, and he says, well, Mama, I'm, I'm sitting down, but uh, inside I'm standing up. <laughs> so he's obeying, but he's like, inside, Mama, I'm still standing up. And so he's, it's not really with the right spirit that he's doing what he's supposed to. And so, uh, Drake, is that you? Are you ever like that?
1: So
0: good. You are being good today. Thank you so uh, Israel didn't listen to the prophet what did he say
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> alright well we're not done dealing with you then yet are we uh, uh, <laughs> well one thing uh... I'm trying to look here there's a verse here that says that they actually did worse than their fathers and so just as hopefully we're growing in you know there's levels of wickedness and so they they kind of you know Jeroboam and, and Ahab and Manasseh—they introduced a lot of wickedness, but these guys kind of built on the wickedness that their fathers did. They were doing worse, and they started burning their children and and doing all kinds of wickedness. <clears throat> and uh, let, let's all hold our place here and look at uh, Matthew 24. Somebody, I heard this and I, I, it kind of resonated as true with me. <clears throat> If you and I, you know, the Bible says that the Jew requireth a sign. That's in First uh, Corinthians uh, one twenty-two. But here in Jeremiah or Matthew twenty-four, it, someone said, as far as you and I, this is maybe one of the only signs that we're going to see. It's in uh, Matthew twenty-four twelve. It says, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And uh, they, they said that's kind of a, a sign for the Gentiles, so to speak, that the love of many wax cold. And <clears throat> I want you to pretend for a minute. <clears throat> Let's pretend this is a candle wick. You know, just the wick, just the cloth wick. And let's imagine this chair is a vat of hot wax. The the way the way you make a candle, I've been told, is just they start with the wick mm-hmm. and they get it in the hot wax and they pull it out and let it cool. Yeah. And they put it back in and let and, and each time you put it in and bring it out and cool it, you know, it gets a little thicker and yeah. before long you'll have a, a you know a candle you might see at a wedding. And uh, and I think of that in this verse, the love of many shall wax. War. It's because iniquity abounds. You know, uh, we can see anything. We can hear anything. We can do anything almost in, in America. I had a friend that uh, said about the Internet, he said, if you can spell it, you can see it, Steve. And uh, oh, wow, that's good and not good. <laughs> and so love of many cuz so as we're in this world of iniquity we kind of get some build up and our if if this represents our love it's going to get a little colder and a little colder and you know you know as you hear uh I I started following a group uh, the Charles Haddon Spurgeon group and as you hear him talk people don't even talk like that anymore he, he just says some really wise things that uh, most of his language and communication is based in scripture and it's like wow they're just beautiful words and uh, <clears throat> we, we've lost uh, a lot of that and, it, and so you know it's kind of like the frog in the hot water as the water gets hotter and hotter he does it doesn't even know it he's just kind of conditioned you know it's like the person that lives near the railroad tracks if you visit them you think wow how could you live here the train goes by twice a day and it rattles the windows and shakes stuff off the shell but the person living there just kind of acclimated and yeah this is home and this is where I stay and you know I I don't even notice the train going by anymore and so the love of many wax worse and in verse uh, 27 and 28 of of Jeremiah 7. These were some key because this is where Jeremiah was told that his audience is not going to listen to him. Somebody read 27 for us.
1: Therefore, thou shalt speak all these words unto them. But they will not hearken. Hearken to thee. Thou shalt also call unto them they will not answer
0: thee. Yeah, so if I was Jeremiah, this would be discouraging to me. If, if I was told, Steve, you're going to pastor the foundation class, I want you to share the word with them, but nobody is really going to listen or or do anything. They're not going to learn anything from you that you've taught. Would you pull a car over is what I want to know. Well, I, I, with you, for sure. It's <laughs> 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 we we def- my cohort in everything, almost <laughs> everything. <laughs> Pam is. She's... <laughs> well, anyway, uh, this would be discouraging. So he was commanded to speak a message that God knew uh, would be rejected. So anyway. Uh, Steve?
1: Yeah. We kind of um, are faced with the same thing in evangelism because we, you know, we're told to mm-hmm. sow and plant and reap, but... Uh, especially moving forward they're not going to
0: listen to Yeah, so you could be discouraged or you could just decide to be obedient like I know that's one thing Jeremy Bonison says is he he witnesses because he wants to be obedient. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than him feeling gifted to evangelize and so that's a relevant uh, comment you know next Sunday we're going to take it to the streets and we're going to I think the church is going to have about a thousand door hangers and we're going to knock on doors and we're going to invite people to Easter and yeah out of a thousand we're hoping to get you know half a dozen people new people in the door maybe um but yet, but yeah we go, we go, and um, I, I heard somebody just tell me, and I, I've given this example before. I, I was in Monmouth Cave. No, what's the one down at Fantastic Caverns down by Springfield?
1: Yep. Mammoth.
0: Well, that's that's it. That's it, Branson. Mm-hmm. But the one on the sign, Fantastic Caverns, oh. isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Fantastic Caverns. Yeah. So, so we got to go. So we we went in that cave one time, and I think our kids were younger. It was before cell phones, and people had the the disposable cameras, you know, with the and when you, and when you turn the flash on, there be a, you'd have to warm up till the light blinked or something, and you know you could take. It. So we were in the they drove this little cars, and it, at the the big area in the at the back of the cavern, you can turn the. It's like a motorized golf car with six or eight cars behind it and I just remember that being the darkest dark that I've really ever known. You really could not see your hand in front of your face and but I remember the car right behind us there was a lady with a disposable camera and her little little yellow light was flashing and that's the only thing I could see and and I I never would have seen that if it wasn't as dark as it was. Uh And so my comment is just, Pam, you know, the darker it gets, the more the light shines, the more visible it is.
1: It's the Chicago (laughs) glory. Yes. Well, the, given, the Yes. for that is we want to see fruit. I mean, I've always thought, I want to see fruit. Mm-hmm. But the other night in that meeting, it was said, well, the fruit is within us. Hmm. When we don't see it in the people, our fruit yeah. is, is in us because we're obedient. Yeah, and we,
0: that's good. You know, so we can see fruit
1: from within. Within. Because we're
0: obedient. That's good. Regardless of that, that's good regardless of the outcome like that's right noah. <laughs> like noah no. yeah Noah. So 20 like, 20 mm-hmm.
1: like noah, no, so noah. They i, got, I think they got like another <laughs> tabel, uh, tower of babel building or something over there it's called a hmm. 360 tower hmm. and it's a really really super huge tall tower that uh, every single compartment on this tower rotates
0: Really? It moves
1: constantly. It's always different looking.
0: Is that in Dubai or is that in Babylon?
1: It's near Dubai, right on the coast. got <laughs> these huge, like, seaport cities... Uh, that they've completely built and blown in sand and stuff, and, yep. and then they made cities on them, and yep. then these huge towers right on the coast, and it's
0: weird. Wow, <laughs> I got so much money. There is, yep, oil. Uh, your next point, Rome, Roman numeral five, the temple was polluted, and. Uh, the people of Jerusalem were instructed to cut their hair off and that was a, a sign of lamentation or disgrace uh, the word disgrace goes in your blank and and you know when, when we were in Israel uh, y- you'll think this is funny and it kind of was has anybody ever seen uh, Jewish boys with like curly sideburns Yeah. yeah. You have? yeah. and I asked our tour guide about that And he he referenced a verse in the Bible where you're not to shave off the beard or bald the head or something like that. And so he said the Jewish boys let their, because the longer their curls and sideburns are, it's more a sign of holiness. And he gave us kind of a biblical verse for that. So he kind of gathered the whole group up and said, hey, this was a really good question. Because you see these boys, with you know, they got their hats on, but then they got the curls. And he said, yeah, that's more of a sign of godliness the longer they can let their sideburns to grow. So Jim's taking this literally too. He, he's letting the beard grow. Yeah, that's... So that was kind of interesting. Uh, I wanted to bring this out a little bit more, but in verse 32 here, it mentions this town of Tophet, uh, Jeremiah seven thirty-two. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall no more be called Tophet, nor the valley of the son of Hinnom, but of the valley of slaughter, for there for they shall bury in Tophet, till there be no more place. And uh, it kind of the thing. The thing I put I was going to have you put in your blank. This valley of Hinnon. Has anybody ever heard of this word?
1: Oh, like the stuff that they use to draw. Oh, Hinnon. Yeah, that's where they do the trash. I'd, yeah. Was what they're referring
0: to. It was kind of a they there was kind of a continual fire there. We didn't actually go down there. We we kinda seen where that I wish I could have so the Bible referenced the Valley of Hinnon, or the Son of Hinnon here, and in the there's, this is actually a kind of a Greek word. This word is not actually in your Bible, but the Greek word Gehenna is there. And so, yeah, Jesus made reference to this continual burning as likened to hell, where the fire goeth not out and the worm dieth not. So Gehenna is what goes in your next to the last blank, and then. Uh, let me give you this. In, in verse 34, it says, Then will I cause to cease from the cities of Judah and from the streets of Jerusalem the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, and the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, for the land shall be desolate. And uh, let me have you look up Isaiah 62 and verse 4. <clears throat> There's a there's a word there that I want you to see, mm-hmm. Isaiah 62 verse four, and it's uh, it's right at the end of the, somebody read 62 four for us. Thou shalt
1: no more be termed forsaken, neither shall thy land any more be termed desolate, but thou shalt be called Hephzibah, and thy land, Jula.
0: For the Lord delighteth in me, and thy land shall be merry. Yeah, is it one of my favorite songs? This I hope is it may be sung at my funeral Beulah Land. Does anybody like I just like that song. It's a land where I'm going, and uh, the word Beulah means married, so this is your last blank. Uh, because God brings His people into His land, and the land is married. But uh, Jeremiah is telling His audience the voice of the bride and the bride, there's not going to be shouts of singing and rejoicing because the land's going to be bl- desolate. But God does tell them in Isaiah that uh, the land will be married. The Jew will come back into the land because they are God's people. And it's an everlasting covenant that he gave to Abraham and his seed uh, forever. And so anyway, that's Jeremiah 7. Uh, Good stuff. Amen? Amen. Yeah, so it's uh, 14 after, and let's uh, go ahead and break. And uh, Tom, I'll have you sign off of Facebook. Thank you, girls and guys, for joining us. And uh, I'm gonna hopefully I got this recording.
1: <laughs>
0: and uh, gra- grab a donut for Ed's birthday before you leave. Where
1: is old Ed?
0: And his ride didn't make it, so I it. he didn't make it. So I'm gonna.